Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 168 of A Wild Podcast has appeared, the official Pokemon podcast of comicbook.com, where this week, Christian, Megan, and I are joined by a very special guest, the man who literally wrote the book on Pokemon, Mr. Daniel Dockery. Daniel, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, Daniel, I'm going to put you on the spot here, right uh, right up front. If you had to pick Shoot. one of these three Pokemon, which one is your favorite? Geodude, right. Bulbasaur, or Vaporeon? Oh, uh, my Bulbasaur. God. Okay. Yep. Uh, yep. A man of good taste, obviously. Um, that's acceptable. Uh, if you'd said Geodude, we would have kicked you. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm really <laughs> sorry, Daniel. Thank you for your time. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, if you're new here, uh, welcome. Uh, we really do appreciate uh, you guys being here. We do this show live on Twitch every Monday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, twitch.tv forward slash comic book. Um, and we talk about everything Pokemon related, whether it's, um, you know, Pokemon games, Pokemon stuff, Pokemon food, Pokemon whatever. We're talking about it here. This week, as I said, we're excited. Uh, we've got Dan here. We're going to talk about his book a little bit. Um, but first, Breaking news, non-Charizard-related breaking news. We're getting a Pokemon Direct this week in two days on yep. Wednesday. That's so if happening. you're listening to the show on a Friday, just come back on Monday where we'll, where we'll talk about it. That's all. Um, uh, I, I, we assume this is just going to be uh, where we finally get the Pokemon Stars reveal, right? Oh, I mean, what about Pokemon Sleep? That's the real question. Pokemon Sleep. That's right. That's Pokemon Sleep first, that's- then Stars, then maybe Scarlet and Violet. Well, well, Maybe. the only thing that's actually been confirmed on this is we're getting Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, but it will be 20 minutes long, and I don't think they're going to be talking about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet the entire time. That's a that's a long time. It is. That's enough time to talk about Pokemon Sleep. You know, everyone's <laughs> talking about Pokemon <laughs> Sleep, but I think it's happening, guys. I think it's actually happening. It's the big game. Like, it, Scarlet it, and Violet, like, good job, Game Freak, you're making it, but, like, <laughs> Sleep is, like, Sleep is where the money's at. Yeah, I think I, that's 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 what's going to break the internet. Honestly, yeah, this is the one. This is like I, the other games have been leading up to Pokemon Sleep in a way that you know, I uh, mm-hmm. I can't wait. I can't it's all going to come together. The conspiracy theory board is just going to like all merge, and we're just going to get it, and it's going to be great. Oh. I, I I I still don't know what it is. I it's been so long. I don't remember what sleep is about. Like it just like. Mm-hmm. Is it literally like Pokemon like go get some sleep? Like we we don't know. We don't know. The fascinating don't know. thing. About I thought it. it was supposed to be like Pokemon Smile, but for sleep. Yeah, I we think I think that's the gist. But <laughs> I mean, the only reason why we're we're even talking about Pokemon Sleep as opposed to us, you know, kind of like Pokemon Sleep being a footnote in a book somewhere, um, is because Pokemon Go, the you know, recent data mines have indicated indicated that there's going to be Pokemon Sleep compatibility within pokemon go so i don't know you're just going to be able to sleep and still catch pokemon i think maybe Maybe you can like have your pokemon sleep and that just will like heal their hp without berries my big brain conspiracy is that sleep 
doesn't mean sleep. My theory is that's like in an it like it's an acronym or something. It's gonna like stand for something. That's like my big brain theory because I just I can't figure out how this works. I want to know where the Pokemon Eat app is. Maybe, no, maybe. <laughs> I maybe. I was trying to think of the acronym, and uh, the first horrible thing that came to my mind was Pokemon. Seriously, let's everyone eat Pikachu. <laughs> That's it. Right. You think Which kind of ties into Pokemon Eat game? a little bit. So, so I would. First tangent of the day. Last week, one of oh, our go. coworkers, Jenna, who you can see on the Phase Zero podcast, um, she alerted me to the most amazing TikTok ever. There is a TikTok that's called Mythical Kitchen, and most of the time they just go and talk about like, here's a lot of really good food recipes that you can cook. But every once in a while, their main chef talks about how you would cook a Pokemon. And it's amazing. <laughs> like, I we are trying to book him for the show. Um, but it's just like, like he and he's like, he's like a professionally changed chef. So he's like, yeah, I would take Bell Sprout, I would stuff him full of like this cheese and this herb, and then I'd like, you know, oh, like could you imagine a stuffed Bell Sprout, like, yeah. like think of just like a zucchini blossom, but a Bell Sprout that yeah. will kind of and, be amazing. And then he's like, yeah, and I would make this like traditional, like you know, South American dish, and you know, and you're like, oh wow, and then he's like, yeah, this is how I would eat squirrel. This is how I would eat Mister Mime. So really? here's my question: Which that's Pokemon ter- that's do a little, we turn that a into much. a blooming onion from like Outback Steakhouse? Which I mean, I mean Oddish, that? right? It's oh, got a sure. like Oddish. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that would be an excellent choice, but like I, I feel very uncomfortable. I, mean, I love like, how everybody in our comment section is just panicking right now. <laughs> talking about yeah, I'm just gonna turn you know Oddish into a blooming onion right. from Outback. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this back around really quick to uh to if if the book po- the Pokemon Go sleep integration. I wonder if in the same way that you have to walk to gain some benefits for for Pokemon Go, this is capturing good sleep hygiene to also reward you with benefits mm-hmm. uh in in a very similar health focused uh way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, we'll I see. I I think so, but we'll find yeah. out. Like I said, there's going to be 20 freaking minutes worth of Pokemon news coming up. Do you think, we're bound to get more like regional variant type stuff. I mean, week, right? I don't know. Maybe I, I certainly hope so. I mean, fingers crossed. <laughs> I mean, I Look, that's the only reason why I watch these things now. For regional oh, wow. variants, like not yeah, for like that's a very specific reason, Jim. That's what it's become. That's what it's become for me. Nothing, uh, really nothing but regional variants. Geo dude, mega evolution. No, that's, what, that's what we're waiting for. What he really wants is he wants to see that fake Girafarang, the one where it's like got like the it's actually a giraffe now, and it's got like the Pac-Man head, like you know, which I can't even like say what that fake head would be on because this is a family program but you know (laughs) that's okay uh all right well let's keep going because we got a lot to cover today um we think that this is a bit a bit of praise for for pokemon go uh which uh you know it's we we like pokemon go (laughs) daily adventure incense has been a very welcome addition to the game yeah, this came out of nowhere. Yeah. They they didn't they didn't really like announce it. They didn't like you know lead. Nope, they just you know, said, here you go, here's the thing. 
And they're just like, yeah, we're doing daily in- adventure incense now. And so people were cool. catching uh, Galarian Zapdos left and right. They, no, they're not catching it left and right because it's got like a 90% flea rate. That thing's I running know. away left and right. That's true. <laughs> people people um, were encountering it. Yeah, but the gl- there we the gl- go. They were encountering it left and right. Uh, so how this daily adventure incense works is um, you have to complete some special research to like unlock it. It shows up in your bag. You get it for fifteen day- minutes a day. Like it activates for fifteen minutes a day, and as long as you're moving, Pokemon will show up. The big thing is rare Pokemon will show up. It is fifteen mm-hmm. minutes of a higher likelihood of rare encounters, including. Currently, the only way to get the Galarian birds and like people were like genuinely surprised. And like if you go to like the Pokemon Go subreddits or you follow any like the Pokemon Go communities for like a brief minute in time, (laughs) people were like genuinely excited about the game like they were when this game first came out like six years ago. Well, here's the here's the thing, though, right? Here's what here's what this does. For people who live in areas that are more rural or or suburban where they're not near stops or whatever, this incense for 15 minutes a day gets you access to some of that stuff without having to go into a city or to a park or whatever. And I think that's been one of our biggest complaints, right, mm-hmm. uh, of the game where like if yep. you live out in the middle of nowhere, all you're catching are rattatas, uh yep. and that's it. So you're getting mm-hmm. no as and, as someone that's like that's I I lived in like uh, various uh, not exactly metropolitan areas for most mm-hmm. of my life and so mm-hmm. you know when I first got the game um, or when I first started playing Pokemon Go it was like oh these are really cool but it's pretty limited to what I can catch and then I moved to Brooklyn for a little while and you know <laughs> my eyes I could see everything. Um, and then I moved back to, and then I moved back to another rural section. It's like, oh, another Weedle this morning. Well, tip top shape. <laughs> so, what uh, fine selection. Uh, yeah. My, my, my Shundo Weedle is great. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's definitely helps with the accessibility issue. I mean, like Jim 100%. said, we, we have harped on this issue time and time again. I mean, currently, I mean, I'm not that far away from like the major metropolitan area here, but like I'm far enough away that like I daily don't want to like go traverse to go to all the regular Pokestops I would. So this instance is definitely helpful because I would legitimately only get like Zubats here. here. Here's the other thing. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> 15 minutes is the uh, the amount of time it takes for me to walk my dog around the block. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a win-win. I enjoy So I like I have gotten back into it. Uh yes, mainly because I, I have a reason to now. I, I think I'm gonna give it a shot when um, you know, well, for, for one thing, I have a little bit more of a reason to give it a shot here coming up. We haven't actually talked about this on the podcast, but I will be going to London. For the Pokemon World Championships later this month. I wasn't sure if we were allowed to say it or not yet, but I, I'm yeah. pretty sure now. Because well, we're I, just I, saying I, it now. Yeah, I, I, I think because they gave me my plane ticket, they no take back seats. You can't take it back, man. <laughs> You're just gonna get on that plane no matter what. My question um, is: Have you been practicing your British accent? No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to embarrass myself. And if I'm if I buy you a monocle, will you wear it? When yes. There. Yes. Did you know, like way, way back in the day, like was that know, a I yes think, or like, would? Some of well, some of my um. Like, oh, you're dodging the question. What? Yes would I no. wear a monocle? If I bought, if I bought you a monocle, would you wear it for certain photo ops? Absolutely. No, like, no, no. You had, you'd have to wear it the whole time. No, I'm not going to wear it the whole well, time. That's a pain in the butt. Mind. 
my 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 eye is not suited for that because you know I haven't built up like the the, the eye muscles. <laughs> so you're telling you me you don't chat. want to be like one of the Christian main goes to London. Spy family. That's very disappointing. <laughs> very disappointing. So anyway, Christian is going to family. London. Christian, what are you doing in London outside of just uh, worlds? I have no we, idea. We really, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, they've. Uh, I know that there's going to be uh, a Pokemon trading card game event, yep. like thing. Uh, that's like T and TCG is what like that's you know called, and that's literally the only thing. And I think that they're going to try to get me an interview opportunity with the Pokemon Unite folks. Oh, there Whoa. we go. And maybe Christian will be the first one to to finally see the the big announcement that Pokemon Duel is coming back. It's not coming back. It's never. I couldn't even. I was talking to J.K., uh, one of the editors on the site, and we were making fun of you, Jim. And we were talking about uh, your love of Pokemon apps. And I I do love Pokemon apps. And I couldn't remember what Pokemon Duel's uh, Duel was. Like I just like. What do you mean you couldn't remember? Oh Oh my god! Just in bringing it up or like recollection of it or what? I just I was just like I'm like I I mean I knew what it was. I just couldn't remember the name of it because it's you know so far you know, resigned to the annals of history and it's never coming back. Daniel, did you ever play Pokemon Duel? I don't think I ever played Pokemon Duel. Oh, man, you missed out. You missed out on one of the best Pokemon mobile games, period. It was like Pokemon Chess. It was great. It, it, it was it was a mobile version of the Pokemon trading figure game that came mm-hmm. out in yeah. Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all it was, but they kept making, you know, even wilder figures because they were no longer... You know, Pokemon Duel walked so figure. Pokemon Unite could fly. Okay, you know, that's, that's my theory, and I'm sticking by it. Uh, all right, well, Christian, we got some August Pokemon Go events we got to talk about. Oh yeah, there's a bug out event, and there's the World Championships event. We don't know anything about mm-hmm. them besides that, but those are those are going to be the events. So look forward to those. Um, and that's that's about it. I'm guessing that the Pokemon. Uh, Worlds event will be introducing more Galarian stuff, you know, just because it makes it makes a lot of sense to have Galarian stuff, and like that's why you know I think that they're doing like the Galarian uh, Zigzagoon as the mm-hmm. Community Day Pokemon mm-hmm. is because it kind of tied in with the whole British theme. So yeah, it, it's it's really like they they did not announce very much for this month. You know, I think because they're they may be trying to keep things close to their chest for August. Sure. I'm just and hoping the, the, for the World Championship event we get more costumed Pokemon because we know that's my jam. And I want it just to be like Pikachu, like with like a Union Jack cape or something. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be like going full British here. Like, give me like the monocle. Give Pikachu the monocle. Actually, that's don't, it. Don't oh, give it to Hopper. Give him a monocle. Swear. Give him a Union Jack if shirt. They, it's gonna be great. Very spicy. We actually know. We my mind. We actually know how Pikachu, like the Pikachu theme for this. Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up here in a second. It's, it's just not a top just hat, Pikachu it's just a top hat. in be. Spice Girl outfits that they wore in concert. <laughs> I'm gonna be actually livid. <laughs> like, give oh god, just, Pikachu. just Pikachu in that that Union Jack ginger dress from Spice World. Oh yes, that's, I mean, that's, that that's literally fight. exactly what I want. <laughs> I, I threw the, the image to our producer, so hopefully they're recognition. No, the, the recognition of the fact that Pikachu looks cool in outfits might be my favorite thing about modern Pokemon. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's every everyone grew up seeing the Pikachu in his nice little uh, blue conductor's jacket for the Pikachu's jukebox thing. 
yep. and mm-hmm. was like, that's Pokemon. That should be Pokemon. And so, in, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so in Pokemon Unite, you have like, what is Blastoise going to wear? Something cool? Nah. His like Hawaiian dad barbecue outfit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like the Pokemon, uh, like the paleontology exhibit that they had uh, mm-hmm. at uh, one of the museums of natural history in Japan uh, had them like in his Alan Grant from Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. Paleontology. That's the coolest stuff in the world. I mean, yeah. Look, yeah, yeah. Country, country yeah. music, country music, Pikachu is the more, best. Right? Yeah. More Toby Keith Pikachu. Yeah. yeah, that oh my god, <laughs> Daniel, no. <laughs> Toby Keith Pikachu. I like to refer to him as like Dolly Parton's like touring sidekick. I, he's got, I, uh, he's I got some okay, so I just on. noticed this because I've always had it uh covered by the bandana, but I didn't even notice that. That's really cool looking right there in his Oh back. yeah. Like little, so like this year's so this year's Pikachu, it's kind of like a overcoat and top hat. Um, so, um, they, like I said, they, they did a reveal of like the, 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 you know, kind of the imagery for this year's Pokemon world championships. And it's, um, it's, it's Roserade and Pikachu. And they're both wearing these like, kind of like, I- I'm trying to think that cause, cause it's, it's like a, it's almost like the Royal guard outfits, but not like the, the mm-hmm. red coats. Like, the, um, I'm trying to think of who wears them. Like some, some division that protects somebody that no one cares about, you know, whereas it's like the blue and it's got like a Pokemon theme, but yeah, anyways, I, I'm, you know, I think I have like a suitcase that's going to come. Just a you know, separate suitcase, a separate suitcase. That's just going to be dedicated to collecting those. Big, you know is how many Yamper, people have asked me? Is Yamper part of it? Her, I don't think so. If Yamper's not part of this, I need to that, have a discussion I mean, with the queen. It would <laughs> call be. The queen. Would like call what the heck? No, he Yamper does not appear on. Acceptable. We've got, you know, so we've got Grookey. Oh shoot! Um, Score Bunny and Sobble, and then Sinisty, more Peko, and uh, the Stonehenge Pokemon, which I I can't remember names. I can't. I mean, that's fine, but the fact that we don't have Yamper immediately invalidates this event. I I I no longer recognize it as an official world championship event. You should you should absolutely bother the Queen. I am absolutely tweeting. (laughs) I'm going to start a Twitter that's like how many days until Yamper joins the world chance? What if she, like, what if oh. she's like, what if she makes a big announcement about Yamper? Like, she well, shows up. That I mean, would honestly be amazing. <laughs> I, I mean, one, that, that you know, assumes that she's alive, which, oh, you know. Right. here we go. Okay, Christian, come on. What's family what? Family? You don't know the meme? No, I know. We all know the meme. How could you not know the meme? <laughs> All right, let's get the last bit of news out of here so we can get to going into the, the fun stuff. Uh, Pokemon trading cards available as Halloween treats. Yeah, this is really cool. This is something mm-hmm. really neat that they're doing. You can go and buy. They are making the their reprints of existing yeah. cards. Um, so they took a bunch of spooky Pokemon and um, they, they put them in special packs that you can give out to kids on Halloween. So it's like cool. 15 bucks. The packs are like four packs of cards. Mewtwo's one of them. Oh, that's you cool. Know, so, you know, um, you know, it's got a little is there a Charizard. No, is Charizard remotely? Well, then, spooky? then no one's going to want them. I I oh don't think God. that's the case. Have you ever met like a, an eight year old child? They that's all they want are Pokemon cards. If I get it someone to tell choice. me, ask me if there's a Charizard in here, I'll be like, nope, sorry, he's going to throw it back in my face. No, I, I don't think that's actually the case. I, I, what children do you hang out with? <laughs> I think he hangs out with like many versions of like Logan and Jake Paul, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, it's, it's like, the tiniest these kids version. like real big jerks. 
that's not <laughs> Illustrator Pikachu. Don't want it. <laughs> like that's basically what I. That, that's actually that's very cool because like for a while, I mean, I was giving out Pokemon packs as because I had a like a bit of a surplus of celebration packs, um, and I was giving those out last. Uh, and so you know whatever. No, I I think we're going to do that this year instead of giving out candy. Yeah, because um, one that's awesome. You know, it, well, like and they're, they're cheap. It's like fifteen bucks uh, for forty packs. Some man ticks bringing the truth in the chat. Hershey won't be able to meet the demand, so the next best thing is some Pokemon cards. That's right. There, Hershey, the Hershey CEO came out and said they may not they may not have enough chocolate to meet Halloween demand. That's that's terrible. Which means no seventy five percent off Halloween candy the day after. That's even more terrible. I know. <laughs> As when you're an adult, once you reach a certain age, that's the thing you look forward to. Oh my gosh! Yeah. What if they put? If, the what if they put? What if they put Litwick in those card packs? That, that I think Litwick might be in those card packs. Oh god! I mean, as long as Grifloon's in there, I think like I can be okay with it. Or Phantom. That's like, I think I want, Phantom's like, in there. Good. You bet. I mean, why wouldn't he? <laughs> Trevenant like, cars in there. I do love Phantom and, and Trevenant. But as um, but as we were talking about before the show started, like depending on like the Pokedex entry, you could literally make any Pokemon you want creepy. That's true. Sure. Like the kid will be like, "Why did I get an Oddish?" And like, do you remember the Pokemon Blue <laughs> entry for Oddish, where he grabbed <laughs> children away from their schoolyards to never return? This one's spooky. <laughs> this is true. This is it's honestly like, true. Yeah, it's like you know, like. Like why? Why is Diglett in here? It's like, oh yeah, because Diglett digs holes to trap people and then eats them. <laughs> oh, be like it. you're lying. Be like, no, nah, man, it's facts, hard uh, facts. Look it up. It. Look it up. Go, go and buy Pokemon Red and Blue, and they're like, oh, I don't have access to Pokemon Red and Blue because it's not on the Nintendo Switch eShop. And then you're like, oh well, it's like you'll never know. Oh wow, Christian, that was <laughs> sucks some, to suck. <laughs> that was a, Listen, I think you you may you may want to talk to someone about that. That you, that just slipped out. <laughs> Good of, Lord. Feeling a lot of aggression coming from that side of the podcast right now. Wow. Where's where's my freaking Pokemon games on Nintendo Switch eShop? I just I mean it I mean look, we've talked about this a, a couple episodes ago, which I think someone in the chat, I think it was Superboy, uh just caught up on all 160 episodes. But that was a big topic of discussion. Like where where the heck are these? We're not gonna get into it today, but it's still very much present on our minds. I mean we it's could get, well we don't we, no, we don't have time. Maybe <laughs> we later. Have things to talk about. We yeah. have things to talk about. All right, we're gonna take a quick 60 second break when we get back. Uh we're gonna uh grill Daniel about his book. It, it's not gonna be that serious, Daniel. I'm sorry. But uh but we're definitely gonna talk about it uh and more. And we'll, we'll we'll see what kind of tangents we go on there. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. And we are back. Welcome back, everybody. Right now is where, where the true fun of the show is going to begin. Um, because for those who don't know, Daniel Dockery wrote, uh, wrote a Pokemon about the rise of Pokemon in basically like to, the rise to the behemoth 
franchise that it is today. Um, I'm excited for it. There's a, a Christian I know got to got to read a bit about it, so I'm going to hand it over to him. Let him be kind of master of ceremonies uh, uh, on this. But uh, this is this is definitely going to be a chat you're going to want to listen to because uh, I have a good feeling this is going to be going to be fun. So Christian, go ahead, take it away. Well, let, let's get the the basic information out of the way first. Right. So your your new book is called Monster Kids. Um, it comes out this October, correct? October fourth. And today it was announced that uh, the original voice of Ash Ketchum, Veronica Taylor, is narrating the audiobook. No, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty freaking awesome, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, no, I, I was. Uh, I remember when my uh, when the producer of the audiobook uh, sent me the email, like, you know, Veronica Taylor is right. She's pretty excited about this project. And I was like, oh, I, I have a few guesses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did, you, no. did you even know they reached out to her? No, not until they told me. They told me that like it was like like I'd had like faint kind of ideas because I did not like I I love my book, but I don't know if I necessarily wanted to like read the audiobook because my voice is it's okay. Um and I wanted to get somebody somebody who's good and I had you know I have a few friends who like work as like voice actors or like uh create like animation and stuff and they're really good at voice acting and then so i was kind of thinking over who i who would be cool for it and then they brought up oh do you want ash ketchum to voice your book <laughs> like the ash Ke- like the original ash ketchum and i was like oh yeah everybody else drop out of the running um this is it i so i never could have imagined that uh she uh would have agreed to it but i spoke on the phone with her before uh for a little bit before um we recorded it and you know we just shot back and forth about like what our aims for the book were super nice and uh i cannot wait for everyone to hear what she's done with it you know she's a, a great talent and uh i you know again couldn't be luckier so so Okay, hey, Christian. No, go, Jim. Okay, so I, just, I want I want to also make sure that right, like, so for for folks listening, um, it, can, you, can you give us just kind of like a breakdown of like what your book, what the book's about, and you know, basically where where the idea came from. Oh yeah, uh, so the book Monster Kids: How Pokemon Taught a Generation to Catch Them All is kind of about not necessarily about the first generation of Pokemon, but kind of like the first generation that got into Pokemon. Um, uh, it begins, uh, with its development in, uh, Japan, uh, and as it's, uh, kind of tells the story of Pokemania and how Pokemon kind of, uh, took over the world, uh, for a little bit. And obviously it's a, it remains to this day, a huge franchise, um, uh, with more, you know, kind of more presence in more areas than ever before, but it, Monster Kids kind of dives into that late 90s, early 2000s span where Pokemon essentially came to the United States and all at once, uh, like, um, you know, anime and card game and video game and every, like cultural pundits and teachers and churches and businesses were like, wait, what? what is this? What are we? Are we, you know, we're all living in a Pokemon world now. No one told us. Um, and, it, you know, the, as I was talking to. Uh, um, uh, everyone earlier, uh, it's about kind of how Pokemon forced the world around it to evolve, even when Pokemon necessarily has been, you know, going off the same strong core concept ever since, you know, uh, its inception. So that, so 
for, you know, like I said, I got a chance to read uh, most of the book over the weekend. And um, how long have you been like working on this book? Because you did a ton of interviews and you did like you did a ton of research and you found stuff that like not to like my own horn. But like, you know, I, I, I read a lot about Pokemon on the Internet and you found some stuff that I've never heard of before, which is you know really impressive. So how long have you been Thank working you. on this? Uh, thank you. I um the the idea first came to me uh, when I lived in Brooklyn and I was at a laundromat as one does, um, and I was playing uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon, which were kind of you know like the twentieth anniversary mm-hmm. games, and I thought you know there's been uh, there's been books about Pokemon before. There are two prominent ones are. Um, uh, Pikachu's Global Adventure: The Rise and Fall of Pokemon, which you know the title is kind of eh, didn't really the fall didn't really pan out uh, like they planned, but <laughs> it's not the, the writers of it, uh, you know, it had, were very, you know, really good writers. And then, um, and Allison wrote this book called uh, millennial monsters, which used Pokemon as a big part of it, but was kind of talking about uh, in the nineties and early two thousands, a lot of like Japanese media coming over and being translated and readapted to, you know, uh, to fit American taste or whatever. Um mm-hmm. But I thought, like, okay, I want to do something about uh, monster collecting franchises because I really love, you know, the genre. Um, and I thought I'd do uh, an encyclopedia of those. I realized I was just kind of writing glorified Wikipedia profiles of them. So I was <laughs> like, okay, I will do a history of Pokemon then. And I'll go from the beginning to the latest games. And I sent this out. I developed kind of a proposal um, for the book. I sent this out. And the unanimous response was, this obviously you're very passionate about the subject, but um, publishing book publishing kind of moves slow and there's going to be another Pokemon game out by the time, like you finish this sentence. So we're not really, you know, this is going to be dated by the time uh, it gets released. So I started thinking like, Oh, what is the, what is the era of Pokemon that you're most fascinated by? And it's kind of the Pokemon thing that I lived through that I experienced as a child where all of a sudden Pokemon's here. Uh, and my childhood was not the same for the next like four years. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's pretty much revolved around Pokemon. And, um, you know, after that, um, we sent it out. My wonderful agent, uh, Cassie, helped out with that process. And we sold it to uh, my amazing editor, Brittany Brooks at Running Press, um, who was, has been a champion of it ever since the beginning. And I, Overall, I've been thinking about this book since like late 2016, but I only really began writing it in late, like what it is right now, aside from the countless pages I've scrapped, uh, really began writing it in late 2020. Mm. I think that's interesting. We've talked a lot on this podcast about how 2020 was a really interesting year for Pokemon with the pandemic, kind of putting Mm -hmm. everybody inside, kind of bringing a revitalization to, you know, what the TCG, what the video games, you know, all that could be. Um, You said you kind of started thinking about it in 2016, started writing 2020 to now. What is some of the biggest changes you've seen, like in Pokemon, in your thought process of Pokemon in that time? Um, probably since 2016, it was, it was pretty amazing to me how even people like it, Pokemon go the, po- the summer of Pokemon go, uh, people talk about that. People have referred to that as like the last time the world was good. Um, I mean, it really was. Yeah. I mean, are they wrong? But, That's the question. <laughs> but I had, I had friends, uh, coming up to me that I had not talked about Pokemon, 
with since 1999 telling me that they were playing Pokemon Go. And I had people who like all, all, you know, genres of my life that I would never have expected to play Pokemon all of a sudden are playing this game with this sense of vibrant nostalgia. And the thing I like Pokemon's always been nostalgic. It's always been inherently nostalgic. Uh, Its roots lie, you know, lie in this idea of a harmony between man and like mankind and nature and like industrialization. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is, is it, it's a, a child's idea of it that will never really be, worthwhile or that will never really like see fruition because mankind's nature is to destroy. Um, but uh, it's, it's based around that. Um, and Pokemon is inherently nostalgic for like that kind of, for that kind of hope uh, that breed of like uh, nostalgia and to see Pokemon become like a nostalgic thing that becomes like a nostalgia brand obviously pokemon keeps moving forward but so much of it uh especially recently in pokemon go is based around like like these like recapturing like childhood memories that you had 20 years ago and i never knew the grand scope of that like people that would not identify as pokemon fans now even like even if you ask them if they played pokemon go a lot um are you pokemon fans they might not say yes or no but they have pokemon kind of ingrained in their consciousness through like sheer saturation of culture. And it's been, that's been kind of, that's been kind of neat to watch. Um, Mm. uh, So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, just, and all obviously the, like you (laughs) mentioned the trading card game, which became like this new breed of economics um, with all of like the, the auctioneering and, um, uh, you know, you all those videos of like dudes in socks and sandals, just get out of the way, uh, like pushing <laughs> each other with, like target out aisles and stuff. Um, and, you know, they go and sell them and it's all laced with um, it's all laced with nostalgia. That's how they present it to the world. And it was uh, like, do they have it or not? Are they Pokemon fans? I have no idea, but it's it's we truly live in kind of Pokemon, a Pokemon world right now. Um, uh, you know, whether we, and whether you enjoy the franchise, like consuming it on like a daily basis, or you know about it from when you were a child and it just stuck with you. Um, Mm. and so, you know, whatever fond memories are just memories you feel like you can cash in on from there. Uh, yeah, that's the thing that I think has stuck with me the most is how a brand that was nostalgia and its conception became a brand that's nostalgia in the way that it's like fandom presents itself to the world. Yeah. Let me ask you, uh, cause it's something that like, but it's basically the, the genesis of when we started this show was around the time that, um, detective Pikachu came out the movie mm-hmm. in your opinion, was that a move? Was that a move that was an attempt to even further mainstreamify Pokemon? And do you think it, and, and on a scale of one to 10, how successful do you think that was? I um I don't know if Detective Pikachu like two of the people that I researched or two of the people that I interviewed for the book for the last section were the two screenwriters for it um who were they were our, our debut guests on the show they they are super nice guys um I I you know and 
I also talked to RJ Palmer, who was one of the monster designers for today. Mm-hmm. Pikachu, another nice guy. Um, I don't know what Pokemon did for its kind of mainstreamness because Pokemon's never not, at least in the United States, Pokemon's never not really been mainstream. It's sure. always had, it's always been, regardless of what it's kind of pushed to the forefront. Like the closest thing I guess you could say is like, during the like the mid to late aughts and like the early 2010s where it was still a mega popular game series, but it wasn't like on the tips of everybody's tongue. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it did for Pokemon's mainstream attempts, but I do think detective Pikachu was kind of like the, it was, I think it was probably like kind of a, um, an achievement of inevitability. Like eventually there was going to be a Pokemon live action movie that came out here. And I like detective Pikachu, uh, quite a bit. I think it's a, it's a cute little fun movie. And, uh, uh, I love Psyduck. Um, do we, do we need live action right. Pokemon? I don't know. I, Pokemon, it's uh, Pokemon is almost kind of like uh, kind of like One Piece in a little bit, where it's hard to mm-hmm. imagine what it's going to look like in live action. And I wish them the best. They seem super like from the cast and crew of the new what Netflix One Piece adaptation. Um, but it's one of those things where before it actually happened, I couldn't imagine what it would look like, and I can't imagine what another live action Pokemon thing would look like. Like mm-hmm. because it's so Pokemon is so based around the idea of even like even Ash Ketchum is mm-hmm. so based around the idea of like reflecting you and your growth as a human uh, and your connection with these monsters that you kind of give personality and uh, like characteristics to that the mm-hmm. idea of oh and here's a character that you need to to form a movie and here are his Pokemon that he has done this to. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what we're looking. So I don't know. I don't know if we need it, but it's certainly going to, I will say that it will be a weird experiment every single time that happens. If it happens. <laughs> I, I, you know, just as a side note, I think that the best way that they could have done the Pokemon movie, as much as I liked how the, like the CGI for Pokemon, uh, <laughs> Pikachu was really well done, you know, for, for what it was. I do think that if they do another live action Pokemon movie, just go straight up Roger Rabbit with it. Just, you know, <laughs> full on like cartoons. Like, I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I think that way too much of that movie was like fixated on like, look at how freakish Pokemon, Pokemon look in real, real life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that like, you know, took away from it. But anyways, back to your book, because that's that's what we're actually here to talk about. So why don't you tell us about like you you mentioned you talked to the screenwriters at Detective Pikachu, talked to RJ Palmer. Who else did you talk about when you were writing this? Uh the a lot of the people that I talked to uh were, you know, like Nintendo of America employees from around the time that Pokemon came over. I talked to a lot of uh I talked to a lot of four kids employees. Um it's also not just about Pokemon. I don't think Pokemania is complete unless you talk about all the series that were kind of caught up in Pokemon's like Hurricane mm-hmm. that came mm-hmm. out around the same time, like Digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. And Monster Rancher and, uh, you know, even if they weren't meant to be Pokemon-esque um, stuff like the Card Captors dub. Um, mm-hmm. And I t- talked to a lot of people that were involved in all these different uh, these different shows just because I, you know, I... I I think one of the one of the uh, one of the things that's always kind of like stuck with me about um, when we talk about like media from Japan or like um, or like anime uh, 
is that um, the, the resources we have to go on are so few because they often require translation um, mm-hmm. or they, or people don't know how to get in touch with them. And like, as like, as a writer and a journalist, I kind of like know how to like approach people for interviews or like find them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that was, that was, uh, one of the, that was one of the things that I, that was one of the things that I wanted to do, especially was like, I wanted to, I wanted to get, uh, a lot of people who hadn't talked about this since like 1999 or like 2000 and like, you know, get them to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a long process finding everybody, but I think it, it was totally worth it in the end. Originally, I wasn't going to have any interviews. Um, which sounds <laughs> like the worst idea ever <laughs> now uh, for me, you know, to approach it that way. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that I reached out to people. The, there were some people, especially the people that worked in Nintendo of America when they brought Pokemon over and some of like the higher level people at four kids, they were, it was really illuminating uh, their reactions to Pokemon and what they thought. It would be because it was a pretty like there was a broad spectrum of like some people were like this is going to be a hit like you wouldn't believe and then a cr- all you know all the way on the other side you had people that are like this is going to bomb so hard that it is going to put us out of business um so that was yeah it was uh it was certainly interesting and 99 percent of the people that i talked to were super nice what was my- there oh I was just oh. going to ask, was there a particular person that you were like really excited to talk to in this kind of interview process? Um, one of the people that I was, one of the people that I spoke to was a guy named Norman Grossfeld, who was uh, pretty high up uh, at four kids and was an early believer in the idea that, you know, he had a lot of people uh, as he puts it, like a lot of much older members in the company kind of being like, this Pokemon thing might not work. And Norman had this idea that like kids are kids everywhere. And if the kids mm-hmm. in Japan like this, yeah, there's gotta be a way that kids in America are going to like this. Um, mm-hmm. And he had such like a really like well attuned mix of like kind of a creative and a business sense and combining those. And it was really enlightening because Pokemon, uh, I don't, you know, if, if you experience in 1998, when it came over um, in September, um, it just kind of whoosh, uh, like a roller coaster effect on you. And you can't really imagine how something that big was organized. Uh, so talking to him and kind of like going through like the methodology of like, not just the anime, but all of like the licensees and uh, all of the little like tie in products and merchandise and everything else that had going on was really, it was really interesting as somebody who like, who knows so little, who has like such a bad business sense. Uh, to hear about. So, yeah, it was really interesting. One of the people that I, the, <laughs> one of the most, inf- you know, this only, like, you only got, like, a, like, one, like, sentence from them, like, in the book, but one of my favorite people that you talked to for this was the announcer for Pokemon Stadium mm-hmm. and them describing, <laughs> like, the work conditions, and they're like, and you're like, yeah, how did you uh, how, how, what was it like making this? Like, like I had to work like three, three days for like 12 hour stretches and my voice was very hoarse afterwards. That's what I remember. <laughs> yeah. That was, um, that was Ted Lewis who was like, I, you know, I wish we could have put more of that in the book, but I was, I was dealing with a fairly, fairly like strict word count. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but there's more of that stuff, and hopefully, maybe I'll publish it more as an article later. But Ted was, along with Pokemon Stadium, he was super, um, super thoughtful about uh, the fact that in these like battle anime, where you have to do mm-hmm. take after take after take, you don't really think of how like of how straining on your voice, Bulbasaur, Vine Whip. Okay, do it again, but like this time more high pitch. Bulbasaur, Vine Whip. Okay, do it again, but like a little more emphasis on the whip, and like doing that over and over and over and over again. Because uh, he did it with um, Stadium and the Pokemon anime, and then uh, with Yu Gi Oh, um, and that kind of thing. And it was uh, he, it was it was really it was super funny. And I, you know, I, his running theme in the book um, is the fact that just like stressing stressing his vocal cords out trying to yell out monster attacks. Um, so. <laughs> Daniel, did you have a, a burning question that you were hoping to get asked along this, this project? And, and what, what was it? A burning question by who? Like anyone, like what was the, what was the question that going into this, that like you needed answered and you didn't oh. care who you got the answer from. I think. Hmm. I think probably my biggest question, uh, my biggest question that I kind of wanted to know, and I covered toward the end, um, but I kind of wanted to know um, what it was like to be a part of Pokemon when uh, when the news, or especially around the time, kind of had this idea that Pokemon was like bad um or didn't know and i you know i wanted to chat with people who effectively like served as emissaries for pokemon back in the day when all of like (coughs) when all of these reports were like pokemon is it ruining your children's lives more at (laughs) nine and like obviously the answer is no um but they were like caught in it and you know i'd watched interviews with them uh where they when they appeared back in like these programs some of them and like it it felt like a lot of like they were like bad faith go like do you think that children could be led into bad behaviors by pokemon and they're like no i don't think so um and i i kind of wanted to get that like what was it apart what was it like and i think i answered that okay in the book i would have liked to dive into it more but just like being a part of this thing which was so hugely popular among kids and a lot of kids kind of now herald as like Oh, this is one of the this the monumental uh, series that I fell in love with in my entire life. And then the people that brought it over were just like, "How dare you get my <laughs> child to obsess about Pokemon like this? How dare you?" <laughs> um, and I that was one of the things that I wanted to know is what it was like to to be you know to present this gift to the world and have everyone over like ten years old be like, "This is you you made a big mistake." So, <laughs> love it. Well, I w- I I could talk to you about this all all day because I think that you've got some some fascinating insights. But we can't talk. We can't just have you give it all out here on the podcast. People need to go and get the book. Uh, but also, uh, we're we we're running low on time. I know Megan's got some place to go. So, with that said, Christian, let's jump into the Pokemon fact of the week. Okay. Uh, well, we're we're. As, as discussed last week, we're talking about the Larvitar line, and there's a lot of fascinating things about Larvitar. Actually, there's, well, actually, there are some fascinating things about Larvitar and Pupitar, but not so much Tyranitar. Tyranitar's Pokedex entries are surprisingly boring. 
Uh, but the most fascinating thing that I found out about this set of Pokemon is Pupitar. It moves by farting. That's right. <laughs> it creates a gas and then shoots it out in order to move. And that is how Pupitar separates itself from the likes of um, Kakuna, Metapod. Yeah, any exactly. Of All these like pretty functionally worthless Pokemon because, you know, you, you don't get a you can't get a Pupitar until it's like level 45 or some stupid stupid level like that and it's like no this thing's supposed to be like a decent part of your team how how does it do it and the answer is by farting that's right <laughs> I, I, i'm not even making this up it's completely the, prob- the problem is when you when you contextualize it as rather than just like <laughs> they release gas that moves and when you say farting it immediately makes me think like all right well obviously that battlefield must smell like something but when you read it larvitar just like only eats dirt so like i'm very confused about like the <laughs> general... digestive system yeah like what is your digestive system looking like if dirt is like making you that gassy like what is that process looking like metabolically speaking like that's what i want to know i need to know the physiology I... of this I wish I like uh, I like the old four kids episode titles, and I wish they'd cashed in on this. Like, but da but da P U Pupitar, but da but da. That would have been so good. That would that would have been, been like a classic episode too. I, I just <laughs> immediately I, upset. I just feel like they really missed out with like Pupitar's like in pup- like Pokemon Cry in the anime because you know not every Pokemon just says their name. You know, they could have just done mm-hmm. a farting noise for for Pupitar. Like, you know, Pupitar just shows up and it's just like, <laughs> and that's just book. Kids would have loved that. Pupitar would oh. be the face of the franchise if that oh, was the case. So much laughter, just an incredible amount. Like, oh my god, I just have so many like general questions about like how does the like metabolic state of Pupitar, like allow him to release that much gas. Like how much dirt did Larvitar have to eat? Or do, do like do some Larvitar, like it feels like do all Pupitars just have like IBS basically. Like that's what I envision. <laughs> oh, look. <laughs> and then, uh, look. then I feel bad because like their tummies <laughs> might hurt. Like I have so many, like it's makes like I do, do I need to carry Pepto-Bismol if I have a Pupitar? <laughs> <laughs> that's my question. Like that's it. That's my question. Like <laughs> I, I understand the fact that the process of evolution is basically this blinding light kind of act that that happens in the world of Pokemon. But to go from something that is the size of a pupitar pupitar, to the size of something that is Tyranitar, just I cannot wrap my head around that. Also, one of the other things that we talked we kind of touched on last week is I there's a missing evolution here that that I feel like needs to, that that like needs to be here because like I said like where the Daniel one of the 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 very big topics of conversations over the last couple of weeks is the the idea of baby Pokemon which we have moved on from but sound like we have Jim <laughs> Larvitar is very Larvitar very much looks like a baby Pokemon and it feels like mm-hmm. there should have been something in between because you go from this tiny little grub looking like thing to, you know, to the Pupitar to this giant Tyranitar. Like at least with like the other bug Pokemon, the size stuff kind of makes sense. It's right? not a bug Pokemon. But I know it's not a bug Pokemon, but it should be a bug Pokemon. 
I I don't know. I kind of feel like it's like sweet release for that pupitar to become tyranitar. <laughs> like I like I, I get like the is I think it's awesome, but also like I was kind of feeling like Megan's sympathy toward this because like as like a dude in his early thirties where my body is like, nah, you can't process dairy anymore. Ha. Huh? Um, <laughs> I now like now they like oh that little thing's always that's in so much pain. Evolve that thing as quickly as possible. <laughs> get the thing out of there. I, I do. No, go ahead. I was, no, I no, I I I'm glad that it hatches into like this big strong uh dinosaur thing. I want it, yeah, I, I want it out of the I want it as far away from the Pupertar stage as possible. Well that's that's <laughs> why it has all of its rage, because you know, like the, all the Tyrannosaurus <laughs> things like talk about how it like goes around, fights anything it can. No, it's just like, oh. Hey, do you remember when I was a cocoon and I could only get around moving by farting and you laughed? Now I'm going to kill you and your entire family by dropping a mountain on your head. So get well, like, ready. That's what I want to know. Is there like a regional variant of like the, you know, Larvitar line where Pupitar doesn't have crippling IBS. And so Tyranitar <laughs> is like nice. Like I want to know. Do, do, do not rub your eyes at me. This is a legitimate question. <laughs> this is a regional variant I want. This does not. This does not need to happen. Uh, so, soft and snuggly Tyranitar, as opposed yeah, to yeah, because you uh, know you gave him Pepto Bismol when he was <laughs> sick. Like honestly, everyone who has a Pupitar is negligent because they are not helping out their Pokemon. That is my. That is my headcanon. I love it. Well. Uh, that's really about all we can probably talk about uh, safely uh, about <laughs> yes, Tyranitar and Larvitar. Uh, all in all, design-wise, uh, I think uh, the you know the, the outside of Pupitar, like the two Larvitar and Tyranitar, look great. Some of the stronger Pokemon designs, definitely for sure, mm-hmm. can definitely see how they become uh, kind of fan favorites. But then again, right. Yeah, cool looking Pokemon with weird backstories. So, uh, all right, that's going to do it for us today here on the show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, and especially anyone who joined us live. Any uh, a lot of first timers in the chat, so we definitely love to to see that um, support for the show can be uh, can be done in a number of ways, right? Uh, if you uh, have friends who like Pokemon and think, uh, you know, they would enjoy the insanity that is this show, then uh, by, you know, let them know, say, Hey, here's a Pokemon show. I think you, uh, you would enjoy. It's called a wild podcast has appeared. Another great way to uh, support the show, leaving reviews on iTunes, uh, five star reviews. And we read, we love to read those uh, out loud. We just uh, got one. Um, uh, uh, oh, July. I thought I think I read this one already. But I'm gonna read. Oh, yeah, we did read Jay Hanlon's. Never mind. I was gonna read Jay Hanlon's game, but we read it and it was great. And about him, how we keep him company when he works. We love that. Lots of stories around that. Uh, otherwise, uh, get in touch with us. Keep in touch. Uh, the show Twitter handle is at Pokemon Pod CB. You can find me at Jim Viscardi. Christian is at Seahoffer C Bus. Megan is at Megan Peter CB. Daniel Dockery, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, on, I mean, probably the easiest way is probably on Twitter at Dan doc, D a N D O C K. Uh, I talk a lot about, talk a lot about Pokemon there, you know, surprise. and, uh, and give one more plug for the book. When's it? It's out, uh, 
Monster Kids, How Pokemon Taught a Generation to Catch Them All comes out on October 4th, wherever books are sold. There we go. Love to see it. All right, everyone. Well, you guys have a great week. Daniel, thank you again for taking the time to to chat with us. Uh, And uh, we'll catch you all same time, same same place next week. See you, folks. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.